It comes out of Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 through 30. Hear the word of the Lord. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my presence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God, for it is, has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Pastor Janet Myers is going to come and share with us this morning. So thank you, sister. Today is Father's Day, a day to remember men who raised us, who coached us, who mentored us, who shaped us into who we are today. All around us, there are men who influence us for good. Take time to acknowledge them and thank them for their role in your lives. In today's scripture, we hear from Paul, a teacher, a mentor, a leader, and like a father to Timothy. Last week, today's message is about presenting the gospel in our everyday living, not just as individuals, but together as one body in Christ. It's about kingdom conduct. These days, if you go into a school and most of its classrooms, you will see a code of conduct on the walls, and it may be something like this. We are respectful. We are kind. We are safe. Individual classrooms will often work as a group to specify what that looks like. Raise your hand to speak. Listen when others speak. Don't bully. Do your best. Ask for help. Give help. In the workplace, we call it professional conduct. It's not just about getting a task done. It's not just about a job description. It's about representing your company and your position in the best way possible. You and your work are the embodiment of your employer's mission and values. Paul speaks to the Philippians and to us as citizens of heaven. The Philippians were citizens of the Roman Empire. You and I are citizens of a county, a state, a country. Paul challenges us to rise above this earthly citizenship. Kingdom conduct is to be worthy of the gospel. We must look beyond geography and politics. We represent the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. We must behave as such. Jesus' conduct was not a list of rules and demands. He was not about conquest in the social-political sense. 
His conduct was not motivated out of greed. Instead, he was a giver, and he gave all that he could offer. In Jesus' attitude and actions, we observe compassion for the crowds, mercy for the thief on the cross, grace in his forgiveness, truth in his words, service in washing the disciples' feet, justice in confronting evil, caring for the vulnerable, and making things right. And lastly, sacrificial love on the cross. As followers, we represent the kingdom of Jesus. We represent the good news of Jesus in this world. In his letter to the Romans, Paul writes that we are ambassadors of Christ. We must have integrity. What's on the inside should match what's on the outside. If our hearts are in relationship with Jesus, we reflect it in how we speak and act, no matter who's watching or who's listening. In this age where you can end up on video anywhere at any time, our integrity as Christians is paramount. Paul writes, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, it is by your conduct that I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Paul is coaching them to be one so that the message of Jesus is clear. They need to be one as a community of believers. The word striving together as one in the Greek means to struggle alongside or contend with. This expression is a metaphor having to do with sports. And though I'm not a sports fanatic, I am the parent of two sons who were wrestlers. I think wrestling provides a great example of striving together as one. In a high school wrestling duel, the team has the potential for 14 individual matches based on specific weight classifications. And those classifications range from 106 to 285 pounds. Only one person on the team can wrestle at any given weight in the competition. A team may not have enough wrestlers to fill all those weight slots. There may be wrestlers that are all bunched in one weight slot and only one of them gets to wrestle. Wrestle is in a weight class beneath them, but they are allowed to wrestle at a heavier weight class. Why would somebody do that? Why would a 170 pound wrestler wrestle somebody who weighed 195 pounds? That's a 25 pound difference. The odds are that the heavier of the two will win unless the technique of the 170-pound wrestler is better and he doesn't get stuck underneath. So why take the chance of losing your individual match and have that go on your individual record as a loss? For the good of the team. That's why. You see, there are individual scores as well as the team score. 
When a wrestler wins, their team gets anywhere from three to six points, depending on the degree of the win. But if no one wrestles, that potential for six points is forfeited. Surrendering individual wins, even taking on individual losses, is done for the potential bowl team. We are challenged by Paul's words to surrender our individualism for unity in Christ. In the Church of the Brethren, we value community and discernment together around the scriptures. As the body of Christ, we are called above earthly wisdom, focusing on our opinions, our preferences, and our rights will not give testimony to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Rather, it is our willingness to follow in his steps of mercy, compassion, grace, truth, service, and sacrificial love. As Paul encourages unity, he also discourages fear of opponents. The opponents at the time were likely those trying to divide and break up the body of believers. Unity of the church was likely challenged by emperor worship, immoral behavior, and earthly motives. Unity of the church was based on power and money. What challenges does the present day church face? Here in the United States, one of our biggest opponents is an unwillingness to see others through the eyes of Jesus, both within the church and in our communities. In fact, we get distracted by the administrative details and activities to the detriment of meaningful relationships. Our passion for people gets displaced by a pursuit of projects. Our time in meetings and policy making replaces our time having a simple meal together. Jesus reached out to the desperate and distressed with hope and peace. Most of his confrontations were directed at legalistic leaders who weren't interested in giving of themselves to benefit others. Jesus became a leader, a rabbi, and he focused on justice, mercy, truth, and servanthood. This is totally upside down to the hierarchical structures of the world. Together, we must seek to stand firm in our faith, not shake in our fears. Together, we must search the scriptures and seek the spirit. Together, we must seek to be one body with no parts more important than another. Together, we must be willing to give up individual comforts to empower the message of Christ. Together, we must be so caught up in being citizens of heaven who display kingdom conduct that our opponents recognize the victory in Christ. Kingdom conduct is an active faith. It's about walking in the footsteps of Jesus. It is about both belief and action. It's not an easy path. Paul actually considers suffering to be a privilege. Why? 
because it is our recognition of how God bring that witnesses to a God who loves and gives us hope in Jesus. Suffering is an opportunity for God to be revealed to us and others. If we are in the midst of hard things, we are in the midst of opportunities. The miracles of Jesus each began with a problem. Paul challenges us and coaches us to conduct ourselves as Jesus followers, no matter who's watching, or perhaps because of who's watching. Consider how your faith is represented by your attitudes and actions as you encounter people this week. How will you respond in traffic? How will you respond to political posts on social media? How will you interact with the stressed people at the grocery store? How will you engage in conversations about racism? Seek to replace judgments and fears with the compassion and peace of Jesus. Be active in seeking justice for those in need. Look for ways to stand together in your faith. Conduct yourselves as citizens of heaven. Take some time now to reflect on both the spoken and unspoken words that God has given to you today. Consider how he is calling you to have kingdom conduct in your lives. <laughs>